0: the legends of iron i'm john anderson meet my co hosts nick best and Aki williams we're gonna have some amazing guests on the show buckle up tight because we're gonna be talking about the shit you're not supposed to be talking about we're gonna be discussing anything and everything it takes to become a legend of iron legends of iron is brought to you by muscle mix muscle is the creator of carnivore, the pure beef protein, high Beef builds muscle and carnivore is the world's number one selling beef protein. Welcome to another edition of Legends of Iron. I'm John Anderson. With me always, my partners in crime, Nick Best and Akeem Williams. We have got an amazing guest for you today. We've had debates on this show about other strength sports, not powerlifting, Strong man, who is the best of all time? Well, in powerlifting, there is no debate because this man on the show with us right now is hands down, cannot argue, the best powerlifter to ever walk the planet, and he's still alive, and he's here with us today. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and so excited well, because normally you get somebody like yourself and they were dead fifty years ago. Yeah, never yeah, got to true. talk to them. So, <laughs> yeah. Cohen, welcome to the show. How are you, brother? He, Eddie, uh, I'm always
1: good, dude. I'm actually I'm really happy to be with you guys.
2: Oh, I'll tell you, we've like we had we've had. I more, know, I know. He, he just he just called you a living legend. Yeah. <laughs> oh, living, living legend living. to
0: say the least, man. Living. Because you. Eddie, honestly.
2: We've had multiple
0: conversations on the show about who's the best of all time and strongman. And there's nobody, you can't put your finger on one person in that sport. With, with no, it, It's
1: hard, especially when you had like medley events and static strength mm-hmm. stuff. Yeah. Like yeah. when it came to the medleys, Marius would be there.
0: Yeah. When mm-hmm. it came
1: to the, the total strength stuff, you have, you know, Big Z, Thor, um, and Big Brian. That are yep. gigantic and strong. So yeah, yeah, it, it is really. Well, brother,
0: heavy. the best thing with best thing with you, there's no conversation, there's no debate. <laughs> this is very true. So, so mm, it's, it's very I true. It's what seventy? Is it 71, 72 yeah, some, records?
1: Some, something like that. You know what? I never really counted because, like one one time, I went to a big Hawaii meet, and I had uh, two world record squats two record deadlifts and every single one of my deadlifts broke the total record wow. so that was seven <laughs> on the day so seven like, on the day after Jesus a while Christ. you just try to beat your best and I, I really didn't give a fuck about records or trophies <laughs> i just was happy to do what i loved oh
2: uh, yeah. yeah see man, yeah, that, see, john that goes back to what i said about the I, I knew that yeah. was
1: coming i knew huh. that was coming uh-huh. because
0: we had we had this eddie just so you know that little ramp between an and i It's about they just raised the prize money to three hundred grand for the open men Mm -hmm. in Arnold, which Ock's going to be competing in. So we were having this big thing: is it is it about the money, or is it about the true competition? So anytime somebody like yourself speaks about, I just want to be better than I was before. Ock runs that straight up my ass. About it's not about the money, you know.
1: Well, you know, if you are better than you were before, the chances of you making the money are even better too.
0: Yeah, absolutely
2: is that the I've seen
1: video of you and you're strong as shit if i remember yeah, yeah. oh yeah yeah, yeah. i've strong. seen a lot of videos of your stuff that's pretty cool thank
0: you yeah you <laughs> know eddie the crazy thing about hawk and i've been at plenty of expos where we're basically standing there talking to people and like every hour on the hour <laughs> he'd walk around to the other side of the booth to a deadlift bar with seven plates and he just bends over picks it up no belt and the he's yeah. he's keep in mind it's not like he's a terrible form, but not a good form. He just does shit. You well, know, it's, good.
1: it's good for him.
0: Yeah, eight <laughs> plates <laughs> with the thing with the squat bar sitting on top of his traps. I mean, it builds that massive set of legs he's got. But it's yeah. just crazy. I think to myself, with his raw strength and somebody that like yourself that could teach him how to leverage his body. Oh my god, it would have been crazy. The kind of strength.
1: Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I know. I've commented on one of your deadlifts or something before too. Thank you.
0: Yeah, Thank you. yeah, yeah crazy strong. <laughs> well, yeah. Take us back to the beginning. I mean, holy smokes. I'm so excited. I've never had a chance to... We've always seen each other expos and shit to be able yeah. to sit here and just rap. Man, this is awesome. Take us uh, to the beginning.
1: Let's see. Uh, a south of Chicago guy in the suburbs. I played every sport growing up, but I was always really short. Not like I'm tall now at five six or something <laughs> and and then I like every other meathead I watched Arnold in pumping iron mm-hmm. and I was like holy shit I gotta try this so yeah. I tried to be Arnold and then I when I was a little kid I met Arnold at a a big like a sheer store and I came right up to his titties and I was <laughs> looked up at him I was like shit I can't be Arnold so I tried <laughs> to be Franco there you go. Mm-hmm. And Franco <laughs> happened to like strength, and he like, used to like the deadlift. So yep. I tried to be Franco, and then I saw Kaz on TV when they used to have powerlifting mm-hmm. on uh, Wild Woman mm-hmm. Sports on, on uh, Sunday. And I was like, wait a second. You don't have to uh, diet and pose, and you can lift a whole bunch of weight and have fun and not worried about a weight class. I'm going to try this. And it was my shit. I, it just yeah. took off, and I yeah. loved it, and I was good at it, so I never looked back. So how old were you here? Uh, 16 years old. was my first okay. bodybuilding contest and only, and my first uh, powerlifting contest. I posed <laughs> in a contest before they even had music. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Wow. So I took all Franco's poses that he posed in the back of his book at the end, and I did all those. Wow. Yeah, that's so that's
0: awesome, awesome, brother. So, so you basically did that. That, that's your. You're young. You're a teen. What happened from there? <laughs> we, got, um, we got seven seventy one a- records a- to talk ourselves through here.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's. Uh, I went to a bunch of little local meets, and then at uh, at at nineteen years old or eighteen years old, I went to teenage nationals and took second because I, I didn't know what I was doing. So I missed a couple attempts on time. I got timed out. Mm-hmm. And then I went to the (coughs) YMCA Nationals, which was a big meet because there wasn't all the federations. It was one federation.
0: Mm. Mm -hmm. Mm, And
1: I I won that at 165 pounds or yeah, 165 pounds. I beat a guy who had won the world championships. Wow. Um, So that was kind of my, my entering the realm of being good. (laughs) <laughs> and yeah. uh, the following year I went into the uh, the men's Open Nationals at 19 years old. And and I so said, real quick Eddie did race. you
0: have somebody helping you or are you just showing up no. lifting shit?
1: I would just read the magazine Jesus the Christ. I love it. <laughs> and you know well, and at, at that age you can overtrain all you want. Yeah,
2: yeah. And, no you, can. And, you
1: know my form wasn't good, but I was stubborn as hell. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you loved it, so it didn't matter. Yeah. And uh, yeah. I, I missed weight by one pound, and uh, at that time, I even took a whole bunch of shots of Lasix, and the weight still wouldn't come off. I had an old Risk gaspari shredded ass, and I missed yeah. weight. so I had to weigh in, because my total at the time was high enough that it qualified me for the 181-pound class. Mm. So oh two hours God. later, I weighed in for the 181-pound class, and I had already gained eleven pounds. Wow!
2: Jeez.
0: So yeah. in these times, back in these times, like what were what were you eating? You know what? What did we? Or were you even paying attention? Was it? I didn't pay to attention to, to anything. Just I just the, yeah.
1: the only good thing I did is I had a fillet every night before I went to bed.
0: Okay, a, a fillet of
1: steak.
2: Oh, well, yeah. shit! Everything else rough.
1: it didn't matter because I, I was I was young and dumb and I could do anything and abuse the crap out of myself and I would still grow. Yeah.
2: yeah. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm
1: and I, I think every not had to help bridges though in that contest and um and then uh everything took off from there that was a uh, 1983 and 1984 oh. i won my first world championships at 181 so my first meet was in 1980 and i won the world championships in 84 already so so you how, so
0: yeah. you're, are you 20 uh, years old yet Are you still No uh,
1: let's see 19 uh, yeah uh i was 20 at the Nationals, and I turned 21 by the Worlds.
0: Holy shit. So, 21 years old, never had a coach, just no. basically reading the magazines, and became a world champion. Yeah, you, oh my you God. kind
1: of worked it out.
0: <laughs> yeah. You think? I'm going to use that.
1: Just, just, just well, kind of work it out, you know? <laughs> look how many people train differently that are really, really fucking good, whether it's strongman, powerlifting, bodybuilding, yeah. or any other sport. Yeah. Everyone can become a world champion. They all train different. So I just went by feel. Yeah. I was Mm -hmm. really introverted at the time. And I went by feel, I didn't care what people thought. I didn't seek people out. I would be the, you know, the guy in the corner like that, watching people. Mm -hmm. So I observed a lot and I just went, what felt good. And if it felt good, it was good. And I didn't ask anybody else's, uh, unfound opinion on how I should be. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it just worked out. I made mistakes. I had a couple little tears here and from overtraining and, but you learn and you get through it. Mm -hmm. Wow.
0: Yeah. That's that's insane, brother. I mean, it's, I mean, what you're saying, I love it because now like a modern day lifter listens to this and go, God, that makes so Mm -hmm. much sense. But, You know, today we're so convoluted with so much information and so many ways to do things and so many opinions, you just stripped it down to the most pure form ever.
1: The basics never go out of style. They're almost identical Mm -hmm. for everybody. And then it's how you put that together with working on your weaknesses and how to peak for a contest. I probably could have peaked better, but I was really good at working my weaknesses. I tried to make my Mm -hmm. body into a suit of armor, so wherever you hit, it was strong and had muscle. So even yeah. though I, I power lifted, I knew that I would do all those other exercises as heavy as I fucking could. Like when I got ready for a contest, you know, squat, bench, deadlift, you have a training cycle. Well, I would follow the same training cycle for close grips and inclines, shoulder presses, bent over rows, stiff leg deadlifts, pause squats. Those would all be thrown in the mix besides the little stuff and those, those big heavy main other main movements. I trained and did the same reps. I would go down to doubles and bent over rows, even because I wanted everything strong at the same time.
2: God, that says I love. I couldn't absolutely. I I I do something very similar that I picked up from you a long time ago. Without your influence, I would have never done the things I've done. A lot of a
1: a lot of the things that we do, we don't know why, except it feels good.
0: Yeah, like Um, you know,
1: John, look at the way you look. Look at the look at the way Akeem looks. Look at the way Nick looks and how long he lasted. We all find our own little way. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, mm-hmm. it's just a twist on the basics of what everyone knows. There's yeah. only so many exercises.
0: Mm-hmm. True. Yeah.
1: How we put it yeah. together. How our minds work. Mm-hmm. What we're willing to go through.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: that makes yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So you're so you're 21 years old. You're world champion for the first time, and then at that point, it just you it just kept you just kept Winning and winning. I mean, what was the progression? Did you just become well?
1: When the the following year, I couldn't hold my weight anymore.
2: Yeah.
1: What I the, the, the only time I went up in weight was when I got too lean to be able to handle heavy weights because that would hurt you a lot.
2: Yeah, and you were just shredded back then.
1: Yeah, I, was- I mean, you're, you 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 were oh. always shredded though.
2: Even when you went, to, even when you finally went to the two seventy fives, you were still shredded.
1: You yeah, I always was. Because they had a they had a a heavy and a light. It's like it was up to 220 and then over 220 for mm. the money. So I, I, I think I weighed in at like 248 or something.
2: Mm. Yeah, yeah.
1: It was, and and just squatted over a G yeah. like it was nothing. So so every time I moved up in weight, of course, I was able to put on more muscle because I didn't get fat. Mm. And my, my total went crazy with the lifts I was doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, wow. but I always did. You know, everyone says a lot of people get into the uh, the routine that they think they have to change things all the time. But if it's working, why the hell would I change anything? Yeah, true. I yeah. just kept going. Please tell James that. Yeah, it all. It tell always, James you that. Gain weight, everything changes. You'll handle more weight anyway.
2: Yeah.
1: <laughs> so it all yeah. works. No, exactly. Just dial in yep. your technique and put some work in, and good things are going to happen no matter what.
0: Yep. So where, where along this line, because obviously you just at this point, you just started getting stronger and bigger and just, you know, basically moving weights that nobody had ever seen before. When did when did the actual looking at the what point in your career did you start to really analyze technique and start going, OK, I'm I'm going to be able to do more by doing this. It was like, there's I remember seeing some pictures like low bar squatting. I can remember seeing some pictures of you. I was in the cover of, of uh, Powerlifting USA, I believe. And Jesus Christ, I swear to God, I was like, his fucking arms looked like coming out of his sides because you had that bar so low. <laughs>
1: and, I, had, you know? I had really long arms. Well, I still do. And <laughs> had a, a really, really big back. Because uh. my legs, uh, me and Akin kind of dealt with the same because his legs are shorter than his torso. So it looks like you're using more back but mm-hmm. that's just how you're built. It's perfect for you. Mm-hmm. So I never really analyzed my technique. I went by feel. Really? And so you, just understood, just, you just
0: understood that getting that bar so low on your back was going to make you so efficient. And it was all self-discovery. Nobody was telling you what to do.
1: No. See, the, the thing with the, the, the bar wow. being low is it still rests on your back delts, but most people <clears> – <throat> Will keep their shoulders high like this. I would completely depress my shoulders. Uh, so, then look at what happens to your center of gravity.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it
1: drops. It holds everything closer yeah, yeah mm-hmm. to your core. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, because that's crazy, brother. Because I always assumed, and obviously, you know, the, the assumptions are never a good thing because you're usually wrong. I always assumed that somewhere, somewhere along the lines, you had somebody that kind of got in there and helped you with your technique because. I mean, i everything that I've always watched you do or seen you do or pictures. You always look in pretty damn good position, like someone had kind of told you how to get there. But with what perfect. you're saying now, it makes perfect sense. You just have that. It's like you've got that perfect strength, athletic intelligence. Listening to you talk, you just understand where your body needs to be to be the most efficient I have with that really, weight. Really,
1: really good kinetic sense. You yeah, know, mm-hmm. Squat University uses a bunch bunch of my stuff a lot. Uh, Aaron. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. when I came up with that thing with the 10-second rep, that was before anybody came up with tempo training. Mm-hmm. And the idea was so you could feel where your body was supposed to be yeah. on the way down in segments. Not just going down slow, but actually, like, stopping on the way down, and you'd be able to get a feel for where you were. Mm-hmm. So okay. then when you get down to the bottom, <laughs> you're in the perfect position to push up. Yeah. And you could do that on almost yeah. every exercise. I mean, I so get what you're saying
0: because I remember in high school, I actually discovered low bar squatting accidentally, um, and it was like I realized I was like, God, why was I? Why did that feel so good today? So I started paying closer attention. It was just the fact that the bar was sliding down a little bit. Yeah, and I was getting stronger as my yep. sets went on. Mm-hmm. You know, I was like, Why is it that the last four reps of a set of ten felt so much better than the first ones? As a kid, a set of ten is awful. You know, what I mean, yeah, all you want to do is like. <laughs>
1: What happens is when someone tries to do low bar, it actually feels really, really weird, but the weight shoots up. So yeah. Then you associate the weirdness, but it comes down to your brain saying, well, wait a second. But the weird weight went up Easy. So then yeah. it turns around and makes it into a good thing.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Weird becomes good real quickly for yeah. sure. You know, yeah.
1: <laughs> it's, it's almost any exercise you do. Even even what what uh, he has to go through with bodybuilding, it's the same thing. That's where you get you know, like, like uh, Frank Zane used to say that mind muscle connection. Mm-hmm. You gotta be in the right spot to be able to feel everything the way you have to feel it. Yeah. Like you know, everyone talks. You you see guys get on social media and they put up all the stuff about the long head and the short head and the this plane and that plane and all this shit, but. <laughs> You look at some of the best guys in every fucking sport and they just <laughs> fucking lifted and did their shit.
2: Yeah. Yeah. yeah true. And,
0: and, and the, like the muscle, the, you know, the muscle mind connection. I mean, it just, I just turned 51 and I was like, just last week, I was like, Holy shit. I felt that better. This workout that I think I ever have in my whole life. It never stops. That's the no, beautiful dude, thing about what we do, dude. you know?
1: And, and we're, we're constantly changing. So as long yeah. as you, you find your spot for each exercise, and usually it's it's how you start the exercise is how you're going to finish. So as you you set up right, you'll get the amount of weight you want, and you'll get the feel you want.
0: Yep. Yeah. Okay, so keep talking through. So we're, we're, we're in our early 20s. We're just weights are shooting up, body weight's shooting up. Yeah. Still kind of just
1: eating what you did, want except a steak at night. It. And I, yeah. I didn't worry about um, – any bodybuilding part anymore because I figured if I could lift the most, I could.
2: Oh, no. I was
1: going to say. We lost hey, them. No. Wait. <laughs> there you are. And, but when I hit 220, that's when... I mean, I, I totaled 2200 at 198, and that's before when they had the uh, two-hour weigh-ins. No, yeah. no oh squat God, bars, dude. no deadlift yep. bars. Yep. And... No monolift,
0: just one no. stiff bar. When, when I had to I walk everything back. Twenty,
1: that's when I was. I was only twenty pounds short of beating Bill Kazmaier's all-time total in the heavyweight division. Mm.
2: Yeah. So that's wow. when I got
1: a lot more prominence than all over the world. Yeah. So wow. when
2: you're when you were squatting, I re, I
1: clearly remember being
2: backstage at one of the contests and watching you and help and helping where I could and just. Trying to... I mean, you're watching your idol lift, and it was just one of the neatest just things. Just soaking it up,
0: man. Soaking yeah. it
2: up. <laughs> oh, I don't think Eddie realizes how much I picked up from him. The, the, the way I squat slow and go down, that's exactly it. I feel my body in the position all the way down, and as soon as I get my cue to come out of the hole, I explode. Because you know, know you're
1: in the right position to do it. Yeah.
2: Exa- yep, exactly. And I, that, I learned that from you. Oh, yeah. and then, but I remember... I think we were at the Plaza Hotel, and you had these two red spots on your back that your skin was tearing because you would squat. Yeah, I had these giant
1: calluses that when I put the back on, they would just rip apart, and there'd be blood all over the bar. It was a beautiful thing. It
2: was was pretty cool, but I remember at that contest, you took off your shirt, and you were so freaking unbelievably wide. And then so unbelievably thick, I'm like, I just want to get like that someday. One day I just want to be that wide and that thick. I, I, I'm going to be a little taller, but it was just one of the most amazing yeah, things. Bit. And the other kick-ass thing was, is, what's it like watching everybody else warm up in the back room and then you have to go take your last warm-up out on the platform? Because they didn't
1: have to wait for the warm-up room. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, that was freaking cool. I, I didn't care about anything. I just was there for me. Yeah, this, this was that—that's that, what I got excited over. That was—that was me giving myself a gift every time I walked in the gym or got to lift. I just loved yeah. it. I was—it was. What am I here to do? I'm here to lift to see how much I can lift on this day. So it, nothing yeah. ever really bothered me like that.
0: So quick question. Obviously, we started off the story with lifting weights, which. But before that, did you know that you were like remarkably strong before you actually picked up a weight?
1: No, was, I was. Always you a, tell? I was always really athletic, but I had no idea I would become anything like that. None wow. at all. I just knew right away. It was like, "Bing!" I like this That's awesome. And, and it was like you just kind
0: of knew you were in the right spot. Almost yeah, like the universe like a, had put like you where you water. needed to be.
1: <laughs> yeah, it just felt so good. Everything, everything changed. I knew that's what what I had to do and where I had to be.
0: Yeah. So, how many world championships did we roll forward in a row?
1: Oh, I don't know. There was a a couple missed drug tests that I did, but uh, <laughs> um, I don't know a, a minimum of a dozen. Yeah, I was gonna
0: say it was no. I, when I was looking at the. I was looking at some of the stats. It was running down off the page.
1: Yeah, and i didn't <laughs> I didn't really, I didn't really care. I like, I like lifting in the gym more than I did competing. Mm.
0: Yeah,
2: yeah. I, I, could you, I think everybody's
1: kind of like that. I can only imagine some of the crazy stuff you probably did in the gym that you probably wish you had on camera right now, right? Oh, in the age man. of social media, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Can yeah. only <laughs> imagine. <laughs>
0: Yeah, in the that's age funny. where the only way to get a picture yeah. was a real fucking picture, it was not yeah. the same. Well, well yeah.
1: Brian Brian Schoonfeld used to lift with us too. Mm.
0: Yeah, oh, he was uh, you could, yeah, you could was crazy, imagine. man, crazy. You
1: just imagine. So, yo, know, we would end up making contests about every single lift that we could do.
0: Mm. Mm. Oh, yeah. that's funny. And Brian was extremely competitive. Oh, yeah, it did well, make a difference.
1: You just you couldn't beat him in any pressing event, though. That was impossible. No.
0: Hell no, <laughs> hell no. Yeah, he was he was a moose, man. <clears>
1: well, the, <clears throat> yeah. the, the first time I met you, John, was at when Mark Filippi ran that meet at UNLV.
0: Yeah, mm-hmm. that was yeah, that was a so that was like my third ever strawman contest. Yeah, uh, I'm I'm pro, and I'm basically walking in there, and I'm seeing all these people that I've been seeing on TV. You're there, and I'm looking around. And I'm just shitting in my pants, you know. Yeah, just but you did really out. well too. I remember I came yep. out of the gate, first comp, first event, and won the press. I'm like, okay, you're supposed to be here. Fucking settle yeah. down, dude.
1: Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and Nick, I, I met you in Chicago at one of those Dennis Brady meetings that he used to have. Oh, my meetings. God. You were 2.2 2 at the time. Yep. And yep. sexy as shit. <laughs> well, thank you. I appreciate that. Um,
2: <laughs> yeah, and then the year I went 275s. You and Kurt came in the back because I didn't have anybody handling me. Yeah. You guys, you got anybody handling me? I'm like, nope. Yeah, that was great. And it yeah. was just the neatest experience.
1: Sorry, guys. No, no. No, man. it's, it's okay not brother. It, it's, it's supposed it that to be you- like that when it means something to you
0: absolutely brother emotions are this <laughs> is we're, we're here because we love this shit you know yeah. this is all these are tears of joy you're shedding with nick and then we well, yeah. i'd love to be we'd love to be a part of it brother it's fucking beautiful you especially know
1: when someone cares yeah because yeah. you don't get a lot yeah. of that shit nowadays at all <laughs> no <laughs> no
2: you don't
1: especially with social yeah. media everyone thinks of their shit <laughs> You're
0: well you know it, it's, when, when you think back of when you think back of decades of commitment, it really starts you know it's it, it's part of your soul at that point, you know? Is that and, uh, no, I think it's okay. Whatever nope. works with you That's works good. with us, brother. Shit. Does it hell you could be sitting there with, with the with the bandana over your face and we'll take it.
1: <laughs> It'll probably be better to get better ratings. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Oh, I love it. <clears throat> so when, so you, I know when you, you know, you, you lifted and continue to lift even well past your best, just because you just fucking love to lift, just kept competing yeah, um, and kept enjoying I, it.
1: I, the, the last meet I did was just to get it in to prove yeah. that my knee would be okay. Cause my cousin, who's my surgeon, he came there. After, I, I blew my knee out what, like 2001 or two. Mm-hmm. And, um, that's a nice YouTube video. And talk
0: to us about that. Tell, tell us, Talk us through that. That was you know pretty what? heavy.
1: It was, it was 100% my fault. Mm-hmm. I set up way too fast and put my right leg out farther than my left. So when I went down, it buckled in and just my patellar tendon snapped in half right in the middle.
0: So so but, so explain again what you're feeling. You set up too quickly and you, you, you just didn't yeah, have one, your feet one set. One leg was
1: out a lot farther than the other. So oh. when I went down mm. about – Three quarters of the way down, it buckled in, and that's when it snapped. And you know what? Thank God I used to live with all these old-timers from Illinois, Ernie France and Bill Cino, mm-hmm. and all these world record holders, because I knew how to dump a bar. Yeah. yeah. So I dumped the bar and, and dove out, or else I would have been crushed underneath because they couldn't have grabbed it.
0: Wow. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And then, I, yeah, you know, my, my cousin put me back together, and I, I came back, no problem. And um, just to make sure that I could still do it, I squatted a real easy nine thirty one that day, and mm-hmm. um, I was happy with it. <laughs> wow! That was a, lot of it.
0: a real uh, easy nine thirty one. That's just just to hear that any person on the planet say a real easy nine thirty one. That's a pretty that's a pretty good statement, Ed. After and,
1: a, after
0: surgery, nevertheless, you know. Yeah,
1: and uh, so I was okay knowing that I could still do it if I wanted to, but I didn't have the ambition. To keep going up because I knew I couldn't be the same guy and lift the same weights so I didn't want to look like an old boxer to get back in the ring again and it's just a travesty and it looks like shit. Yeah. I didn't need that. So I, I was happy to step away but I, I felt my right hip starting to go and get really, really achy then. My, my mom had a, had a, both knees on a hip, a shoulder because she had osteo and rheumatoid arthritis. So I was the lucky sibling that got that. Wow. Well, I was going oh, to say, that was
0: that was the next thing I was going to ask you to talk about your hip. Because I remember shortly after your hip surgery, I saw you at an expo, and you're like, I'm already squatting 675 yeah. Yeah. again. It was like weeks after the <laughs> surgery.
1: <laughs> yeah, I was, I was in like the following year, I was in Australia, and a bunch of people bowed out to lift in this big money meet. And the <sighs> uh, guy who ran the meet, Wayne Howitt, said, you know, he just had bicep surgery, but he was going to do some squats And he was just going to go 300 kilos, which is 661. And I said, I'll do that. So I did it really easy. And then my wife pulled me off stage after that because she knew that it was so easy that I would have kept going up. (laughs) 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 Like like, I said, I I probably could have gone up to 750 that day. But it's probably better that I didn't because it might have put me on another bad trajectory to keep doing it and make Mm -hmm. myself worse. Yeah, and then then some years later I felt my other hip going and I my went I went back to my cousin again and um he just said yeah do you want to nip this in the ass right now? I said yeah I said but I have the Arnold Classic coming up next weekend and I can barely fucking walk right now. He said just come in the office. So um I got a shot in that hip right through the front laying down. Oh Sunk like this giant needle all the way through. <laughs> oh, God. And I hopped up that table like I could, I could fucking do the Irish jig. I had no really? Pain. Walked around at Arnold all weekend, and then we set up the surgery. Nice. And it was easy. As soon as I got home from the hospital, I stayed there two days on purpose. And I squatted right down to my coffee table. And eight days after surgery, I put a red on each side of the bar, so it was 165 pounds. And I went down to parallel and came up. And I was like, no pain. I'll be fine.
0: Wow, no. that's crazy. That's 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 nuts.
1: Yeah. So you know, what, what? Whatever you do in your life, mm-hmm. to try to be the very best, no matter what it is, mm-hmm. there are repercussions when you get to be the very best that you can be. Mm-hmm. Just make True. sure you do epic shit before you're done. <coughs> <That's laughs> not worth it that's
0: true yeah yeah well you know that that whole the the trade-off the sacrifice and the things that have to be done to get there it's that's well accepted Uh, you know you're you're a person is not going down the pathway to greatness you know worried about what life's going to be like after he gets there
1: we love it every time we walk in the gym it's not a sacrifice it's a gift
0: yeah yes for sure 100 percent. sure
1: and it still is. One hundred percent.
0: Yeah. 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 I never. I never looked at the training as a sacrifice. I looked at all the shit that I this It was all the no's that I had to say. I, I had to say no to so much shit. No to friends going out. No to friends doing this. No to family members doing that. It was, yeah. The, the I never totally agree with you, Eddie. Going to the gym. That was fun. Just like my birthday. What do you want for your birthday? Get the fuck out of my way. I want to have my yeah. day, and going to the gym is is part of that.
1: You know, know, I've I've torn muscles, I've had surgeries, I've shit my pants squatting, I've thrown up, (laughs) I've had tons of bloody noses and shit, and I loved every second of it. (laughs) But when I shit my pants, I did 900 for five reps in the squat. And it started on the first rep. It was like you know, like the old play-doh machine.
0: Oh, so it was Play-Doh I was gonna say, so yeah, you were like repping that. it, you were repping it out as it was getting worse. That's commitment, brother. And that's I perfect.
1: A rep. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. Oh, that's funny. You know, I, uh, sometimes if I when I do a, a workshop or something and someone will say ask a story about that, and I'll say, Well, wait a second. How many people here if you could do 900 for five and shit in your pants, would still do it. And oh. every guy there raises their up. <laughs> yeah.
0: Absolutely. You, you could ask that question with for one. Or hell, you could ask that question for 800 for five. You'd still yeah. have everybody raising their hands.
1: <laughs> you know? Yeah, Ronnie, Ronnie did like uh, 800 for two. Mm-hmm. I, I could have done that for a dozen.
0: <laughs> yeah. That's insane, man. That's so insane. I mean, you're—I mean, you—you really are on a whole different level, whole different plane of a lifter. That's why. That's why I love that. You know, when I was thinking about, you know, getting prepared for the show, I thought this is going to be like the easiest intro ever because it's you're undisputable. You—you can't. There's no way to argue against you being the best. You know, you can look.
1: It's. I always kept a good attitude because, well, I had great parents, but. I can't do strongman like Nick. I can't be a bodybuilder like Akeem. I can't do strongman and look like you. Um, so there's always something and some, someone can do better. I, I don't know how to change the oil in my fucking car. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. I'm, I may be special when I lift a weight, but after that, we're just yeah. regular idiots like everyone else.
0: Yeah. So
1: you know, and, why would and anyone have, get a big head on that? You don't have
0: to. And, and to have and to have one special thing that's that's pretty that's pretty good, you know. To have one special thing and understand it's just one special thing and be so humble about it, bro. That's that's really cool. It is. You know, you
1: know I'm still yes. Eddie Cohen. I'm not the goat. I'm not this. I'm just a freaking idiot like everyone else. That when I go to the Arnold or when I go to uh, the Olympia like this year, mm-hmm. I don't even go to the shows. I just want to hang out. Yeah, yeah, I want to tell yeah. stories. That was a lot of fun, and you know, uh, the stories you know, I, I lift more weights, my dick is bigger, I'm taller than I ever was, but you know, they get a little embellished, but they're still good. That's it, That's
0: right. as you yeah. get older, you the a tiger. Get, they get a little bit better as you get older. That's the yeah. way a story should be, you know. Glory days,
2: That's the- yeah. I still can't believe I you would. owned a tiger.
1: Yeah, I had two. Tell us about that, brother. Um, I I used to know uh, these uh, people that had some tattoo shops, uh, Roy boys, and him and his wife. And I used to train his wife. And they used to have the Tigers. They had a special license. And I used to just take them home with me all the time for as long as I wanted because I had a a federal license.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: (coughs) And it worked out really, really well. It was great. I'm, I mean, I had them when they were like, since they were like, you know, five weeks old, I'd bring them home here and there and take care of them. I had them at when they were over 300 pounds. And
0: I was going to say, yeah, talk to us about when they are full grown. Those well, things must have been the, monsters.
1: The white one, the white one, usually like a, a tiger will remember you for life when they get your smell, if you're with them enough. Mm-hmm. So oh, really? I hadn't seen the white one in two years. And I went there and I was at the end of a warehouse and uh, at the front of it and all the way in the back, a, a huge long L-shaped run cage where the tiger was, and all of a sudden he just leaned up and smelled me and ran and tried to knock the whole cage over till they let him out. Oh really? <laughs> and out, and this this dude, Pearl, was probably about 850 pounds, seven foot tall. Sure. Oh loved God. me. Loved me.
0: Yeah, well, he wants out of that cage. If he wants out, you better let him out, or he's going to get out anyway. Yeah,
1: <laughs> he made a point. <clears throat> wow, but it was great. Awful. I mean, they, they would take naps with me when they're young and have fun and play with the dogs and all kinds of stuff.
0: It's that's really neat. cool, brother.
1: Yeah, that's
0: that's that's really cool. Mike Tyson got nothing on me. Yeah, I, was just, I, was, I
2: was just about to say that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I love yeah. it. So, talk to us about you. I mean, how many meets total did you do? It had to be I don't know, hundreds. Yeah,
1: a lot. Well, I never counted them. Well, you know, so, back in the day when there's not, is there, they didn't have all these money meets and stuff. I think they had like the, the Hawaii Invitational, which was for money, mm-hmm. uh, not not nearly the money that they have today. And everything else was just nationals and worlds. You went to the nationals to try to get on the world team. Nowadays, no one has to do that to get notoriety. Back then, you had to do it.
2: Nope. Yeah,
1: that was <clears throat> the only way the rest of the world would really know who you were. Mm-hmm. So,
2: all that they, Powerlifting USA. Yeah,
1: and you you you'd yeah. go overseas to all the world championships all the time.
0: Mm-hmm. So tons of meets. You don't weren't counting, weren't nah. even counting your records. But yo, know, go through the memory bank and, and talk to us about some of your favorite memories in meet settings. You know, what was, what is it? Was it a certain lift? Was it a contest? I mean, I'm just, I'm just excited to hear some cool stories about some of the, some of the cool, like your favorite memories of powerlifting.
1: The the best meet I ever had was at 220 when I totaled over 2,400. That was in Dallas, Texas. That's insane. And uh, Doug Furness would usually come and coach me on the day and Marty Gallagher would run my numbers. So I had people I could trust where I didn't have to think for myself, which is perfect. I didn't have to think about my numbers. I didn't have to think about my attempts. Everything would always be set up perfect for me. Roughly what year would this have been? That was uh, 1991. Okay. And uh, I spotted <laughs> 959. Um, and that's when the, um, it's the still weight the out. It was time. a little heavy at the end, so it was more like 962. I benched mm-hmm. a, a pretty easy 545 with raw, no shirt. And uh, I went 218 and a half that day and I pulled 901, but I was more concerned about the total. So I opened up at like 837. (laughs) And then I said, what do I need to total over 2,400? And the call was 898. Mm. So I said, put on 898, but they figured out the weights were heavy. So they had to reweigh them all. And it turned out to be 901. Oh, wow. And I, I tried 920 something that day. But it was anticlimactic and I got too fired up too soon. I pulled it a little over my knees and then I just kind of leaned forward. Mm. And that was it. Wow. Um, some of the other ones, like there was there was a meet, I think, in Finland. Now in Finland, the powerlifting would like preempt any other program. It would just, they would just show powerlifting. Didn't matter about the news or a scheduled program, it didn't matter. And the crowds were so out of control, crazy, that it was beautiful. I mean, you would even see like beer cans flying upstage. You would see like, oh yeah, it was it was fucking nuts. And it was it was great. It was great. It was a meathead's dream to have the you know that many crowds. Like they'd sell out a uh, a hockey stadium and they'd have it there. And it was it was excellent. It was excellent. And a a couple of the other meets were uh, always Australia has been. Phenomenal for powerlifting and fans. Yeah. Yeah, What would be, if
0: you had to to say like, like in terms of what, what meet, what country, what city was the biggest crowd you've ever lifted in front of? And then what year would this have been? Because you're talking about a time when there was so few meets too. I mean, it's like, it's not like
1: current times. I can't really think of the year, but it was the first meet ever put on in Russia.
0: Oh really? Oh, yeah, wow. it was
1: in. Um, it was actually called Leningrad back then, before it changed over to Saint Petersburg, because it was mm-hmm. still under USSR mm. it, before oh. everything before Strike and before everything broke up. We were there, and they sold out a three thousand seat auditorium in forty minutes. Oh wow! And they, and they had a squat on Olympic weightlifting bars, so it was oh. it was like oh, that. Jesus, you're yeah. bouncing all over the place. <laughs> yeah it was it was crazy but it was it was awesome it was awesome
0: wow so here's an interesting question i mean you when it comes down to most impressive lifts i mean you're you're tied to most of them but outside of yourself talk to about some of the because you've been around so many great lifters over your tenure of lifting talk to us about some really impressive stuff that you've seen you know with people you've trained with or whether it be training or meets or now in
1: a meet uh Kirk did the first 1,003 ever in IPF competition Mm -hmm. and drug tested. Um, I saw Lamar Gant pull 683 all the way over in Perth, Australia, as a member of our team, and he was at 132 pounds. Hold on. Say no. that again. Say that again. Yeah. Uh, 683 at, at, one, at 130. 132 pounds. And that was before deadlift bars with two-hour weigh-ins.
0: Yep. Um, yeah. And, and also, too, we also yeah. – just a little bit about, you know, in terms of, you know, the, just the setting was different. The bar – even equipment, you know, the equipment, even even like all the way back to the knee wraps, say, then versus now. Oh, drastically. Talk to you
1: nothing. the, the gear nothing changes. Like it.
0: Yeah. I would rather
1: have a nice, tight pair of knee sleeves now than the old school knee wraps. Yeah. Really? Yeah. yeah. It was like an old Ace Bandage, huh? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> pretty much. I started with those. But that's what, all you had, so you used them.
0: And so, like when you think about an old school bench shirt or a squat suit, tell what
1: what they they really maybe gave you fifteen pounds or something at the most. And I didn't like wow. them because they didn't fit right, because I had such a really big back that it it, it it wasn't the stretchy material back then. So in your armpits, you'd have these actually like rip and blood stains and stuff because the shirts were so tight in there before they mm. changed and figured it out. So, I could uh,
2: probably grab it, grab it
1: out like of it the quick. cabinet. Pardon?
2: Yes, yeah, so Nick. I, interrupted I you. I'm Sorry, what were you saying? You really? I could probably reach into the cabinet and pull it out here. Yeah, <laughs> you probably still have it. Oh, <laughs> I do. I do. I got. It's got your signature on it. That's funny. Still got it, but the, the the nylon
1: material didn't give it all. No, it, and they were nah. the same material as the front, the back, so it wouldn't stretch in the back.
2: Correct. So you had a lot yeah. of
1: blowouts too. Yep. Uh-huh. Um Yeah. Uh, you know you got some guys now nowadays that are strong as shit. I mean I, I know the equipment has changed, but they're still strong as shit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean look, look at John Hackett, he still lays down yeah. his bench presses uh six hundred freaking pounds, weighing a little over two hundred pounds. That's yeah. crazy. Yeah. That's insane. <clears throat> um yeah. the most impressive guy I trained with, first of all, the, the guy that who could train the hardest would be Mark Filippi
0: I was gonna say Marcus is just so such an impressive lifter, unbelievable. Yeah.
1: He could he could train way harder than I could because I didn't have to. Um, mm. And the the other guy would be Derek Kendall. Mm. Now Derek was uh. a super heavyweight, weighing three fifty, came from bodybuilding, was not really that fat or anything, no belly or anything, and I saw him do a five second eight sixty five raw pause squat and then right after that he goes well I haven't done front squats for a few months because I wanted to get ready for a meet so he walked out 760 with just knee sleeves on and did a three or four pack second pause squat with 760 in the front squat oh my God oh, and and I lifted off for him when he paused 650 in the gym too raw Wow <laughs> he got he got hurt so he uh I think he hurt his hip so he uh he kind of quit early. But, uh, yeah, he was—he had the most potential out of anyone I've seen at the time. Mm.
0: Wow. You said he was like 350 pounds? Yeah.
1: And he could train hard. A lot of volume and assistance work.
0: <clears throat> so when you say, when you were going back to where you are talking about Mark Philippe and you said he trained a lot harder than you, you said your comment was, I didn't have to. Talk yeah. to us a little bit about
1: that. Um, I think. Well, I had already laid down the shoot base and had my own formula that was working, mm-hmm. so I would never be willing to switch either. Mm-hmm. But yeah. Mark knew that he had to do a lot more volume for himself, the way he was built, to be able mm-hmm. to get any results. And that's where he came out with, you know, his his uh, per bowl hit periodization mm-hmm. volume and hit training would be one routine for the squat bench and deadlift, and it worked really hard uh really well for him but it was hard it was freaking hard if you can yeah. get through it you will grow
0: Mar- mark, yeah. mark yeah. is a tough dude man yeah. mark i love mark he he's one of those guys that when i came into the sport you know i was so so fresh and new and he kind of took me under his wing would like we'd travel he'd you know i'd sit next to him on the bus and you know, he just made me feel like I was going to be okay when I was scared to death, you know?
1: Yeah, every, <laughs> he was always pretty relaxed and monotone. Yeah. And, but he, he he is extremely, extremely smart with training yeah. sports and everything else. I would trust him.
0: Yeah, no, I, I remember calling him multiple times just saying, hey, we're getting ready for the show. What what should I do? And, you know, keep in mind, we would meditate, in many cases be competing head-to-head, and he would still give me the best. You know, he would tell me exactly what to do.
1: Yeah, you know? that's kind of, that's pretty damn cool. <clears throat> yeah.
0: Yeah. I remember one of the best pieces of advice he gave me, and it's still, I can remember to the T, I was sitting, it was at the time I was training at goals gym, I remember the car I was in, and I was having a workout, and I was a little frustrated, so I called him, and I explained the problem, and he just, he just, the little pause, and he goes, stop leaving it all in the gym. And yeah. that was, boom, all of a sudden the light bulb went off, I'm like, holy shit. I need to be doing this in competition, not in my training, and that's when yeah. it really started getting better. You know, yeah,
1: it's, your, your your own insecurities make you think that you have to go all out in the gym.
0: Yeah, you're probably showing it, and that's exactly what it was. I was I was trying to get myself to feel more confident by overdoing in the gym, when in actuality he's like,
1: look, you, you want those efforts in in the contest, and that's when it all clicked. You know, yeah, I, I but, think I think like what what Akeem has to go through is actually even worse. The problem with bodybuilding is, is, not not that there's a problem with bodybuilding is we don't get to see what they actually go through to mm-hmm. get to being on stage.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah, Very true. People it's, would take a whole brutal. different
1: attitude if they had to do that.
0: Yeah. Oh yeah. I when, yeah. when I switched to bodybuilding and I you know started okay I'm gonna do this for real and go for it the. The amount of—I mean—I consider myself to be a disciplined dude, but going to bodybuilding tested my grit like a motherfucker. I was—I re- mean—at the end, I was just barely holding on to get to those shows. It's brutal. Yeah, you know.
1: The, when, when people say, "Oh, uh, embrace the grind," they have no frick. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. They no idea. don't know what suck really is.
0: Oh yeah, yeah. And, and that's oh, exactly. Yep. You, you just hit it on the head. You have—I was the joke I was make is. You just have to accept that life's going to suck for like six weeks. And when you think of suck, go way beyond what you think suck is. And and then, again, and that's the way you know where you got to live Especially for six when weeks. Especially
1: when you're no energy and hungry. Yes.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, That's it. The feeling of being tired all the time, it's almost like a form of torture. You know? Wouldn't you say don't, oh, don't forget the hunger, Nick. I'm John.
2: <laughs> yeah. I know. Yeah. Yeah. I know. You're probably yeah. getting First hungry already.
0: Uh, yeah, last time we were on the show, he's like, he was like, we we wrapped it up. He's like, I gotta go eat, man. It was, yeah. like,
1: he wasn't, he wasn't, uh, yeah, he that's wasn't like, even that, saying goodbye. What amazes me the unbelievable copious amounts of food that bodybuilders can eat. It's like holy shit.
0: Yeah, well, yeah. it's just spinning up, the spinning that metabolism up with eating. You know,
2: with good stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, one hundred percent. Well, it's so like Jake Cutler out eating uh, Brian. Like yeah, really? sit- yeah.
1: Jay Jake, Jake could out eat Brian. I best, you know, the, the highlight of his day is is when he gets to put like a little hot sauce on a chicken breast or something. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Get some flavor. <play> huh? <laughs> uh, oh. uh, for, for me, it's my uh, oatmeal in the morning.
1: <laughs> yeah, there
2: you go. <laughs>
0: I <laughs> can't wait to,
2: a sleepless night, but can't it, wait to it, get a yeah, night before oatmeal. I'll be thinking about
0: the oatmeal in the morning, after cardio. Yeah. <laughs> <He> can't sleep, <laughs> can't sleep thinking about the oatmeal. Yep, <laughs> yep. <laughs> so brother, we, we always like to, like, you've you've had such an amazing career and you've I'm, overcome so many obstacles along the way. We talked about a few, but one thing we always like to have, somebody like yourself especially, tell a few stories about how you've had to overcome some sort of obstacle or multiple obstacles to get where you want to go because especially these current, as I call them, snowflakes, they don't understand what it really means to make a sacrifice to overcome something. If if it looks like they can't do it, they just fucking mail they, it in. Well, that means yeah. they don't
1: want it bad enough.
0: I agree. Mm. But they, as they somebody mean, like yourself shares well, a story about, yeah, I totally agree, but we're trying to inspire the youth here, brother, so tell them a story.
1: When, 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 I, was a kid, <laughs> when I was a kid growing up, I had to go to <clears throat> Illinois Institute of Technology because I had absolutely no hand-eye coordination. They had to put horse blinders on me with special glasses just to try to learn how to bounce a ball in a straight line. So I was completely really? uncoordinated. But how, how career, old were uh, you? That was like second, third grade. Oh wow. And, okay. But you know what? I I've never thought about it, or my my parents, maybe it's maybe it's on them. I never thought. Of anything about feeling bad about myself Mm. I just thought okay this is the way it is let's go and do it and I always just try to get better Mm. at whatever I do I just try to get better when I leave here what when I get off with you I got to drive an hour and a half up to Michigan oh well Well, I have a weed company yeah yeah what do you what do you have (laughs) he's got a marijuana company Oh, good for you, Eddie. Yeah, Let's we have a, we have a processing lab, and we're going to make a grow too because we got the license for that. Mm. So we we got approved. We got our <clears> medical <throat> license and our recreational use or adult use license. And uh, I got to go up there and spend the whole day out there till tomorrow night out there.
0: Well, good for you, brother. Make sure when we wrap up, we'll tell Ben the producer the contact information so that he can advertise mm-hmm. your your spot. And you can get yeah, it's just uh, I mean-
1: Bo- Boone Labs right in Buchanan, Michigan. But see, we're a processor, so we take the flour and we break it down and turn it into some products for the stores
0: mm. ah, oh, okay. the middle, i got man. you
1: so we don't oh, i scared. got you i don't care if the if it gets oversaturated with stores because they still need our product you. Gotcha. yeah i mean smart, we could smart. even we could even make you know a a legends of the, uh, of strength uh a gummy
2: <laughs> <laughs> i told you i, <laughs> I was gonna ask I got, you good,
1: i got a good idea for when, when we make our edibles we're gonna have little dumbbell-shaped edibles, and we'll make it into an indica brand, which our strain, which is more for relaxation and sleep. So yeah. it would be for recovery, and we're gonna call them edibles. <laughs> oh, that was
0: cool! I love that. I'm, I'm telling you, brother, you're gonna get some traction on that one. Oh,
1: you'll get some. So don't worry about it. Are
2: you shipping any? <laughs> are there any locations in Las Vegas or Nevada? You're,
1: you're not allowed because it's not federal. Mm. But oh. that doesn't mean that you could, couldn't could allegedly show up in Michigan and go no. back. Oh,
2: good point. Good point. Yeah. yeah. Which I'll probably end up doing, actually. So, yeah.
1: yeah. Just, you know, fly in and, you know. Mm-hmm. You yeah. Know, make, 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 make sure you don't drive, Nick. Sometimes, <laughs> miraculous magic and miracles, all of a sudden, shit just shows up at your doorstep. I don't know how it happens sometimes like that. Uh, <laughs> awesome I love it. Well, I didn't it's know like, it, like, it's, like
0: the, it, it's like the marijuana yeah. stork, you know? that sure. <laughs> deliver the babies. They deliver
2: marijuana now. <laughs> but I, I, I was thinking Vegas is all lawless. It would it would seem to think that Vegas would like embrace it. Exactly. It's just that oh, there's
1: that. So you're not really yeah. supposed to be able to cross state lines, and. Yeah. Uh, I think the banking laws will change pretty soon. Then what's going to happen is all the big shots, Mm. these multi-billion corporations, Coke and Pepsi and McDonald's, and who knows, they're going to end up getting into that business. True. And then that's
2: when it's going to shift. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. once Yeah. Once the federal part of that goes, I know two of the beer distributorships here have looked into that and actually got paperwork and things in the works for when that ever does do that. That'll be something that they end up. Yeah, they can put well. they can
1: put uh, t- ten milligrams of THC in a beer.
2: <laughs> no shit!
1: No, I don't even want to think yeah. about that one. They've actually oh done God. that. Eddie.
2: Yeah, they've actually they've actually made beer with no alcohol, but it has THC in it. Yeah, know. you, know, you I, got you know,
1: With a regular mm-hmm. beer, you could still get drunk. You just wouldn't have anyone getting violent. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, you, you don't see how many times. you, know, you, 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 you mellow, mellow Budweiser or something. That's good. I would say how
0: many times you see people. Bud
1: happens. Yeah, Bud Mellow. So <laughs> life, life is good. You know I, I, I learned a lot of my business stuff from watching Stan.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Stan is he's a genius for sure. Yeah.
1: And he know? does everything by himself, hands on. He doesn't take a lot of help from anyone. So I just yeah. kind of learned to just get off your ass and do it. Well, you know,
0: on that level, bro, that's one of the things that, you know, I think people tend to miss is that if you're doing something you enjoy to make money, you want to do it. Yeah. And that's what that's what's missed. It's like people say, oh, you know, like my my middle daughter's uh, boyfriend was getting ready to graduate college. He's like, hey, you know, I want to talk to you about what is. So I'm planning on doing this and I'm planning on retiring. I said, well, let me just pose a thought for you. You're planning. Retirement, which means you're planning to get away from doing something you don't want to do for the next 40 to 50 years, don't you think? Now's the time to think yeah. about what you want to do so you don't ever have to retire. Because if you're doing what you want to do and make money, your your revenue stream never you're stops living, until you
1: continue to live your dream the whole time,
0: yeah and, yeah. and you never your revenue stop, your revenue stream never stops until one day you don't wake up and then you don't need it,
1: yeah, exactly. <laughs> <You know? laughs> I don't. Yeah, like, man, I still go out and do some workshops and stuff because I just mm-hmm. like getting out and doing it. Yes, I have <laughs> and
0: When and when when you're do exactly if you're doing what you're doing every day, regardless of money, then you never have to work. And I yeah, think that's matter. that's that's it. And that's you know, Stan is one of those just like that. He does a lot of shit hands on because he loves it, and that's yes, the way he does. it should
1: be. Yes, you know, he does. when uh, what people <clears throat> ask, well, is, is it hard to travel or do this? So I said, well, wait a second someone's paying your way they're putting you off they're buying all your food they're giving you a bunch of money and they already like you without realizing that you're a dickhead just like them It's pretty.
0: (laughs) yeah no that's the truth i mean that's it it, it, it,
1: it's easy to get through to people all you got to do is just be nice
0: yeah yeah i mean when you can get good enough at something where you get to travel the world for free and get paid and every, all your expenses are paid. That's that's when you're that's your let's living, man. Yeah, you should you know?
1: be able to be nice because you love it.
0: Yeah, you know? I mean, how can yeah. you how can you be a pissed off cocksucker when you're doing that for a living? I mean, come on, what what oh, ever going to make you happy for God's it's sake? Fun.
1: Sometimes you know, like I don't I don't really care for airports. Yeah, I don't mind flying. It's kind of weird. I just don't like people that much.
0: yeah you know i i got a little distaste with airplanes as i just spent too many of those trips to japan 13 hours those those wore me out man
1: were you with like all japan pro wrestling
0: new japan actually okay yeah is that i
1: remember doug furnace i think he was with all japan was that like that guy baba or whoever they yeah all
0: japan it all japan i think it i think it actually got kind of it changed names. There was, a, there was almost like this was long before I was there, but there was almost like battles of companies at one point. You know, All Japan and New Japan were the two big boys, and then something happened. All Japan, New Japan took over. But either way, you know, either no matter no matter what it was, it was still 13 hour flight when you're going over there.
1: Yeah, and <laughs> you guys had to work harder than than the guys do back in the U.S.
0: Yeah, it was, a, it was, a, which for me, it actually fit my, my kind of, the, my mentality. I like to work hard. A That's one physical. of the reasons. <clears throat> yeah, because I mean, I was a fucking terrible wrestler. I didn't even really learn how to do it very well. I just kind of showed up in the well, way you, I looked.
1: You, you, you looked like He Man, so you could
0: go in there yeah. and be a bruiser. Yeah, and so the mm-hmm. fact that, that they didn't mind, they call it, they call it strong style. I could go in there and bang shit around. Nobody really cared if you got bloodied up a little bit. As long as nobody was missing, nothing was broken and yeah, nobody no, was missing no a tooth, nobody I, cared.
1: I remember he said, like when Mike T- Tyson fought Buster Douglas at the Tokyo Dome, there was yeah. twenty eight thousand people there. Two weeks later, the wrestlers came in and there was sixty five thousand people there. Oh, dude, <laughs> I'm wow. telling you,
0: I've worked in that re- I've worked in the Tokyo a few times, and it's fucking crazy. It's like we joke. It takes just as long to get down to the ring as you're in there. It, if, when you're 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 you got to hustle down there so the show's not too long. It takes a solid five minutes to walk down of the ring. That's it's crazy. fucking crazy. Yeah, I mean and you look you're in the ring and you look up and the people in the top are so far away. You're thinking what in the hell are they, what can they see, you know, but they love it,
1: you know. <laughs> oh, I used to I used to hang out with all the boys when they come into town. I, yeah. Uh, I uh, uh the, the Steiner brothers you know, Yeah. Scott and Rob and yeah. back then Lex Lex Luger and Sting and even Flair mm-hmm. and you know, yeah. I, I, here's a good Flair story we're at like the Hyatt O'Hare and the WWF was in town at the same time so it was uh it was Atlanta and uh, New York was there at the same time and uh so everyone ends up in the hotel and Rick Flair walks by me you know of course in the bar and he goes Eddie 1670 total 1972 Woo! because he did did some powerlifting way back then
0: yeah Uh, yeah yeah well back in the day you know he was actually some pretty good muscle on him for back in those days yeah and then uh,
1: who was it uh uh norton was around back then he was a monster bencher, Mm -hmm. like 640 raw yeah Mm
0: -hmm. yeah a
1: lot of lot of a lot of strong dudes
0: well i mean especially back in those days it was athletes from other sports that basically had the look and showed up you know that—that's what—that's how I got in. You know, yeah. fuck. I just lied about what experience I had, and then I got in there and did enough out. to keep the job.
1: You yeah, know? you talk good enough shit. <laughs> yeah,
0: I mean, I just had to <clears throat> flex my muscles, yell real loud, and knock a few people over. Not hurt anybody. And I was good. <laughs>
1: kind of what you did every morning when you woke up.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. Yeah. No, that was. Uh, but yeah, I agree with you. I've, I've the the airplanes, airports. I mean, I, I'm kind of over it. But at the same time, when when you're when you when someone's paying for you to go do something, it's like it's a pretty cool fucking thing.
1: Yeah, you know what it, I mean, it shows that you're valuable. You're yes. worth something.
0: <clears throat> yeah, one hundred percent.
1: And then you just got to be humble. You know, if yeah. I, if I wanted to learn how to do a podcast and some other shit, I'd ask you guys. You know. Bodybuilder, yeah, look at sure. look at look at you two fuckers. man, look at Nick. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I'd ask you guys if you want to yeah. learn something a little more about powerlifting. Well, then I can help you with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, that's just my expertise. We all got a good, we all were good at something.
0: Yeah, true. Yeah, yeah. Yep. So remember when I asked you the question about overcoming something? Talk to us about something you overcame competitive wise.
1: It was more of. Uh, because I didn't really, I was more introverted. To get out on stage was a little more ner- nerve-wracking for me. Really? I was better in the warm-up room than I would be walking out on stage. Mm-hmm. Really?
2: I would no have kidding. to
1: really try to almost go to a Zen moment and breathe and control my breathing and just relax. So when I would set up with a lift, I would, even though the crowd's in front, I wouldn't even see them. I didn't even, I didn't see anything.
2: Wow. So, so, so that, that kind of explains why you only did one bodybuilding show, huh?
1: Yeah, pretty much. you <laughs> <laughs> Yo y- was in the front row at my first bodybuilding show. Oh. Sergio Oliva. Oh, wow. Oh, shit. Really? Yeah. Wow. wow. I remember I got a cool. program signed w- from him, and his forearm was as big as my leg. His, <laughs> his veins were like as thick as my fingers. Wow. <laughs> shit. That was pretty cool. Yeah. So yeah, I was, remember you overcoming crazy. something, though. No. I
2: remember they misloaded the bar. You were supposed to be opening with 947, and they misloaded the bar by 88 pounds. It was it was, and it was like 1040. Oh my yeah. god, yeah. that's a big misload. He, wow. No, and he hits the hole and gets about three quarters of the way up before he misses it. I mean, yeah. he legitimately. Almost he almost had it. I mean, by this much, comes back, hurts his hurts his. I, I think an adductor.
1: Yeah, I, I so was, comes I back the, as soon as I got in the hole with the weight that I had to take, Since as you get another chance, of course, which was like five minutes later. Yeah. Um yeah. I felt my adductor. It was pump, fast. So when my adductor popped, I shifted all the weight to one side and pushed it up. And I was like, Well, mm-hmm. I'll bench and then I'll just pull a baby deadlift.
0: Yep. Wow. What <laughs> happened? So there we go. I mean you you basically Took a, a squat that was like misloaded by a mile.
1: Yeah, you know,
2: banged you up. Well, that was basically smashed the world back. record at the time, too.
1: Yeah, they had a I they mean, had an extra on each side. How do you put a whole yeah. damn extra plate on one side and not notice?
0: Yeah, no shit, yeah. Jesus Christ.
1: They yeah, wanted to take that's... out the king. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, five but you out later... out of the rack like it was nothing. Set up and yeah, legitimately.
1: My last warm-up was like uh, 881. Yeah, and I, I don't I didn't I
0: don't even try my shoes for that weight. <laughs> did you catch that? Nick knows you're you're better you're than I you do. were doing better than you do. <laughs> that's <laughs> that's pretty cool, man. You know, that's, you know, that's, you know, that's, that's when you know you're inspiring and somebody. At
1: night for a little extra motivation. <laughs>
0: you know, yep. the, when when we talk when we when we do these shows, it's become I mean, little by little, realizing that Nick is like. He's like kind of bordering on like a strength historian. He he has more statistics. Man. He just he pulls this shit out and it's like, oh my God, like this right here was crazy. He said eight eighty one before you did, and it's yeah. your it was your life, your lift, your story. I was like,
1: uh, okay, Sorry. I believe you.
0: <laughs> yeah, don't don't Nick, don't apologize. This is really cool shit, brother. Jesus yeah, Christ. Yeah. God damn. Yeah. I love it. I'm just like like Eddie said you're you're Raymond I have to take you take you to the blackjack table so we can win some money. <laughs> One for bad, two for good. And
1: cards at the same time. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I love it. Yeah. So brother, what would you say in terms of there's so many, I mean now the sport has grown so much, there's so many meets. like you said the money's so big and compared to what it used to be and it's bringing a lot of new lifters in. What advice would you give to say, let's kind of do three different levels. What advice would you give to the guys that are beginners that are coming in? Let's start there.
1: The the advice I give to everyone is to take your time. Okay. Because you learn so much more about yourself instead of relying on other people to do things for you that you should learn by yourself, um, which they they can't do. It's Mm -hmm. impossible for them to train you and just give you a program that they give everyone else and say, this is what you you should do because this is what I say. Well, they don't know you. They don't know how you feel. They don't know how you Mm -hmm. put together on the inside. So Mm -hmm. you should definitely take your time to learn more about you, and then you'll never go wrong.
2: True. Now,
1: as far as beginning and intermediate lifters, uh, or I I would even say intermediate and advanced is – Never let go of the basics. Always go back to the basics. The never the basics never go out of style. They made you what you are. You may yeah. you you can even perfect the, ba- the basics as you get older, as you get bigger, as you get stronger. It's always going to be the same. To go back and learn how to do that shit. Mm-hmm. It's what holds you together. It gives you everything yeah. you got.
0: Yeah. Wow. And yeah, I mean, just you know, that.
1: I, I I think a lot of guys miss now on doing heavy enough assistance work to fill in those little little gaps. Everyone concentrates so much on squat bench and deadlift, and it's easy to get those up if that's all you do. But there's going to come a point where you got your strength and your weakness, and if your strength gets up this high and you don't bring up your weakness, that gap will get Injury, you hurt. So yeah. There's so much a gap in between.
0: True. Agreed. Yeah. So, it's the really, really you're talking about making sure they don't Turn away from the accessory work.
1: Exactly. It has to be done <clears throat> hard and heavy. Yeah. So if you want to be good, you can't have a weakness.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. The weakness is just a matter of time before you get hurt.
1: Oh, yeah. And it'll happen. And then that, it's not going to be something small either. Yeah. It's going to be a big yeah, one. Yeah. And, you know, yeah. if you truly love this sport or just being in the gym and you want to do it for a long time, Yeah. Take your time.
0: Yeah. 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 I mean, there's, there's so much true. I mean, it's, it's so true. When, when you love it the way we do, it's, it's, you know, it's a gift to be able to do it into your fifties and sixties and to think that that's taken away because you fucked up the path along the way.
1: That's a terrible thought. Yeah. It's usually yourself. You know, another one, I always talk about Stan, but he had a, a quote that he told me that there's, Nothing anybody be, will be ever be able to do to or for you that'll be better than what you can do to or for yourself.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. True. Okay, brother. So what about these dudes that are <clears throat> that are really strong and they're already you know doing pretty well? What What's the biggest mistake that you see amongst the this this elite group that is you know doing really well? But what are they doing
1: that you would- you just got to stay your course. And don't let social media influence how you train. Mm-hmm. Stick to the damn mm-hmm. routine. Don't do anything for social media. You're handling weights now, whatever <clears> sets <throat> and reps that are far above far, uh, far above everyone else already, that you yeah. don't have to prove yourself by doing singles and stupid shit in the gym. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You know, look no, look, that... look
1: what happened if, if, if he did that. If he blew a peck or a bicep. His career could yeah. be over can here. True.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So true. All of
1: our, all of our careers could be over just like that.
0: Mm-hmm. Maybe it was a, maybe it was a blessing that when we were, when we were coming up, we didn't have social media because I surely probably would have been the guy that, that tried to do too much cool shit for the camera. <laughs> you know? Well,
1: yeah. We're, we're pretty. We, we are actually really lucky. The only thing. Yeah. I like miss is. Uh, Sure. USA magazine and even muscle and mm-hmm. fitness back in the day. I used to read religiously.
2: Yeah, so, I, there not there's
1: not a bodybuilder I didn't know from the old days yeah. all the way up. Yeah, <laughs> that's the truth.
0: That's the truth. I mean, I spent so many time looking, looking at the magazines too. It didn't matter if it was bodybuilding, powerlifting. If somebody was lifting weights, that's all I wanted to see.
1: Strength you know? and health. I've got Iron Man magazines from 1955 still. Wow. No shit. Yeah. Wow. The little yellow ones? Yeah. Mm. Wow.
0: That's cool, man. That's really cool. I got That's I really got a cool. few
2: of those from the early eighties. Yeah. You know, they're a little bit smaller. Yeah. About this. I got about four or five of those still, but I got a ton wow. of muscle fitness and flex and I got power to USA stacked about that high. So right on. Uh, if you are
0: We've had you on here for oh, well over an hour, here, brother. And we, I know you're a busy dude, and I know you got to go make a trip here in a little while. So we want. I'm
1: only as busy as I want to be. <laughs>
0: that's a that's a beautiful thing. That's a good life, brother. You know, that's how it should I, be. I have a
1: protein drink on a way to uh, Michigan, and I'm good.
0: There you go. <laughs> cool. There you go. That's perfect, bro. Well, you know, I'll tell you, with <clears throat> somebody like yourself, you know, we're going to have to do multiple visits with you because there's just so much cool. to talk about. Maybe we'll do one
1: where we all get together and we all do it out there in person.
0: Yeah, yeah, that would be great. Yeah, like yeah.
1: like do it do it over a dinner table with food. Yeah,
0: that's killer. Yeah, let yeah, okay. sure.
1: Fucking hilarious.
0: Yeah, well, you know, here, here later this year, I'm going to be picking up a little crash pad in Vegas, so I'll be close to Nick, so it'll be that much mm-hmm. easier. You come into town, we'll be right there. Hell
1: yeah! Well, I'll, no, uh-huh. I'll make it a point to come in town.
2: Yeah, hell yeah! yeah. Team, I like
1: where it. are you from? Where are you? I'm out of New
2: Jersey. New York, New Jersey.
1: Okay. Well, that's an easy trip. We'll get them out there.
0: (laughs) Cool. That's it. That would be a blast. That would be a lot of fun, dude. We should have, like, the Legends of Iron Roundtable Edition where we all sit at a table. And
1: and there's enough lifters and bodybuilders in Vegas anyways. We could have a huge thing that would – it would be fucking hilarious with multiple cameras going, all of us busting each other's balls. That would, be oh fun. yeah. And then all mm. the, uh, of course, the info that people would get.
0: Yeah, yeah. That's a great idea. That's a great idea. So, do you want to do that
1: at a
2: restaurant, that. or do you want to do that? We do like it at the house. house or something. Because I got a Traeger, so I could make all kinds of. I can make his prime ribs yeah. and stuff.
1: Something like that. Okay, you know, well make like. Cool. Stan just bought a mansion out there too. So he well, true, food. true. We, we <laughs> I mean he'd probably serve us with no shirt on, but that's okay.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> I love it. That's awesome.
1: No, well, that know, means- he's one of the one of the only guys I actually listen to on my health. Because you know to to plug Mer- that place, you know, that Merrick Health place. Yeah. I signed up with them because of Stan and, and you know, little little Smokey from that used to work for Mark Bell. And uh they changed a bunch of a bunch of stuff in me. I have so much freaking energy now. And I feel so good. I almost feel guilty. It's crazy. <laughs> That's beautiful. I think, brother. you know, cause I'll be 60 years old this year and yeah, how yeah, about it? And yeah. you, 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 you start accepting that. Okay. Well, I put on a lot of miles and I abused myself and I did this and that, and I'm this old now. And you start accepting the fact that your norm is you feel shitty. Yeah. And all of a sudden, I didn't accept that anymore. I wanted to change it, and I was able to change it. Just with these that's guys, they're, they're brainiacs. So that's really my only plug today. Is they they completely changed my life around. That's beautiful,
0: cool. brother. And and that's what it comes down to, it, brother. With especially someone like yourself. I mean, again, you're the greatest ever in powerlifting. It's you deserve to feel good and enjoy the rest of your life. You know what I mean? We all do. Yeah. You know, but because, even, I mean,
1: even if of you course, even if you didn't get the accolades that we've had, um, you still deserve it because you put your time in the gym.
0: Mm-hmm. But I mean, yeah. but but for just for me personally, speaking of you, brother, for me to, for you to say I feel good now, that makes me happy because that's Thanks. something you you're. I mean, you you've you've changed and influenced so many people. For you not to feel good would just would break my heart. And, you know, Thank Nick, you
1: I know can. you feel the same way. So that's really Thanks. fucking cool, bro. Hey, look at Nick. Look what he's – that fucker's alive and kicking and working out already. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, true. How many people true. that went through what he did would do that and then not just sit on the couch and say, fuck me, I'm too depressed. I'm, you know, no. That doesn't matter. Yeah,
2: happen. I got – I got out. With well, you know the, drags the and step ups and everything else, yeah. 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 The,
0: the crazy part is, is that you know he's had four wheels and change on a bench bar, hundreds and hundreds of times, and never ever mm-hmm. over all these years have dropped it on his chest. And it happened in the time when it needed to for him to get that scan to catch that cancer. It's, so I mean, it it's, was like, to you wonder, it's like it's yeah. like the universe said, "Look, this this guy is not ready to go yet. We need to." Do something to him so he gets a scan. Well, bam! Yeah. Put that put that hand up, Nick. Look at the thumbs on him. I'm sure I know you're the biggest. Look at the look how big those hands are. And he benches with a, he doesn't false script. so that bar jumped those big thumbs.
1: Yeah, somehow. that happens.
2: <laughs> exactly. It was. It was. Here are, here's one for you. Yeah. Look at that. Yeah, his hands are his hands are bigger you know, than my think.
1: If, if you look at my Instagram page and scroll mm-hmm. down, there's a picture of a few months ago when I was in uh Fargo is, I, I picked up a basketball and just stuck it out in my hand like this and just held it out there like that.
2: <laughs> That's crazy, brother. That's I'm crazy. Yeah, but you're, web. <laughs> you're one of the few people I always cringe when I went to shake his hand because your grip is just absolutely yeah, I used to legendary. I mean, hard. like, you got to be ready
1: to shake your hand. When the, you shake the thing hand. about the grip is these two fingers your pinky and, and your ring finger. Those are the weakest ones. So I used to train those ones specifically. Mm, yeah. You know, I, I got up to, you know, like a, a single, like a, a a farmer's walk or something. A single one mm-hmm. arm in a power rack, 465 for 30 seconds on one hand. What? <laughs> yeah. Jesus Christ. Yeah.
0: That doesn't and, make any and sense. And then
1: it, when I put it down or dropped it, I would fall on the ground, and they would have to try to open my hand because it wouldn't open <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, dude, that's crazy shit.
1: Cool shit.
2: Uh, so yeah. That's a play weird play feeling.
1: Better, so so yeah, you remember I, that I used to just grab, you know, with a uh, over under grip with no straps, seven sixty five for fifteen reps in the shrugs. Mm. <laughs> I would <laughs> just do stupid stuff just to do it.
0: Yeah, it's just, it's just yeah. can I can I do it type shit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Why'd you do that? Because uh, I can. not
1: yeah
0: that's it that's it so uh, do you remember the movie back to the future remember that delorean that time machine right so we got the legends of iron delorean so you get to get in that thing and you can program any date any time you can go back in your life and you can the current version of you can give a younger version of you whether it be two minutes younger or two decades younger one piece of
1: advice how far back do you go and what do you tell yourself it would have been right before I blew out my knee, and I would have said, "Take your time setting up." <laughs> there we go. <laughs> you know what? I was I was all set to squat a thousand and to bench six hundred at that meet and deadlift nine, and I never got the chance to take my six hundred bench. Uh, yeah. Damn. Oh well.
0: Well, God knows you would have got it. You got everything else you tried for. You know.
1: Yeah, you just got to train for it.
0: That's it. It's yep. that
1: easy. You don't get that's anything because you don't deserve it.
0: Yeah, that's the truth. Isn't that the it's truth? truth? Well, brother, there's no question that you again, I keep going back to this, but it's undisputable. You're the best lifter to ever walked the planet. That's when it what, what legacy do you want to leave behind? That's already done. What else do you want to leave behind?
1: Um well I'm I'm happy with the way I, I lifted. I'm very happy with the execution of the lifts. They're beyond reproach. Um, but I would just like to be known as uh, well, besides being really good at what I did, just that he was a nice guy. Yeah. yeah. Well, you got that to <laughs> I mean, one too, brother. You got that to one covered too. <laughs> We're all just nice guys, or else we wouldn't be on here talking. <laughs> I mean, true. We wouldn't laugh at our own stupidity.
0: <laughs> I mean, I, me personally, brother, I can remember the first day we met, and that was my first ever pro strongman contest, and I was fucking scared. I'll be honest. And yeah, I remember when we met... You shook my hand and you were so nice. It was like that, it was that, that's that right there meant a lot. And it, it really helped me in that day's performance, I gotta tell you. Settled me yeah, down. I remember a like bit.
1: Phil Pfister was there, uh, yeah, Magnus Samuelson. Oh,
0: yeah, Jesus my Christ. Shit. Yeah, yeah, well, I was shitting in my pants, you know, for sure. Well, I, I,
1: I can imagine just all of a sudden just be, being thrown in the pit with monsters.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, and you know, I think it was about like my third ever contest too. So I was just like,
1: "And you're Holy still here." Yeah,
0: <laughs> but that day, I remember. I remember how kind you were, and it meant a lot to me, brother. I'm sure I can only imagine how many people like myself you had such a, a phenomenal effect on. It. It's such a, that's a, that's a mm-hmm. beautiful well, you know thing, what? brother. It,
1: you, it's easy to be nice to nice people.
0: Yeah, <clears throat> very true. Very true. Well, before we wrap this baby up, I know, Aki, you got to be just ready to eat your feet if you're so hungry. <laughs> before we wrap this baby up, Nick and Ack, you have anything else ready before we wrap it up?
2: No, it's just uh, it's a pleasure being on here
1: with you, and uh, good luck with the business, and uh, continue success. Thanks. I'll be watching you on video. I appreciate it. <laughs> and Nick, Big James sent me your number, so I'm going to be bugging the shit out of you.
2: Oh, you can call me anytime you want. All the time, if you want. I mean, and I... John,
1: just- Continue being the crazy fucking great guy you are.
0: Oh, that's it. Well, I appreciate it. it, was, it to have somebody like you endorse me being a little fucking nutty just makes it that much easier. Well, <laughs>
1: are nutty is my normal, so don't worry about it.
2: <laughs>
0: I love, well, brother. Thank you so much for being on the show, yeah, and I guarantee we'll, awesome we'll have you come. Write. Yeah, we'll have you definitely have you on again, brother. I mean, like I said, there's so much to talk to you about, but we try to take it in reasonable bites, so. One, this is this is one of many with you, brother. We appreciate you coming I'm on. There you have it, everyone. There's another edition of Legends of Iron, and I'll tell you, if this man right here, the best lifter on the planet, does not help you find a way to motivate yourself to be the best version of you, I don't know who the fuck will. So that being said, listen, enjoy. Thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. There's another edition of Legends of Iron. We will see you next time.
1: Later. Legends of Iron is brought to
0: you by Muscle the creator of Nitro Tests. Nitro Test is hands down the most fucking kick ass free workout on the market. If you fucking bought some, come fucking
2: get some.
0: Can you handle it?